Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hi, this is Sarah Groves, and you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Hey, we're going to have Sarah on in just a little bit with a fabulous interview about her new CD. Today's topic is talking about depression. And I know that's another tough one, but these are the topics that we live with in life. Friends, depression is difficult. Here's the truth. Every single one of us faces depression at one time or another. My daddy used to put it into three different columns. So let's see if we can visualize this. He'd say the first one is for everything that's circumstantial. What's happening in your world? Are you sick? Did your spouse lose his or her job? Do you have a lot of bills? That creates depression. Then he'd say that we live in Minnesota, and so that was column number two. There you go. Was it because the winter was long and dark and we weren't getting enough sunshine? It's a proven fact that up to 90% of our vitamin D comes from sunlight. Vitamin D is required to help prevent bone disease, muscle weakness, and some internal cancers. It can speed the healing process. If we had colds in the summer, Dad would say, get outside with a book and sit in the sun and read. We need sun and light. Plus, it makes us feel more motivated and energetic. Without it, we can be depressed. Column number three, are you ready? Well, that's a tough one because it's chemical imbalance in your body and your brain. Something isn't right with your system. It's creating depression. And you need to see a medical doctor because you just can't take care of it yourself. You can't pull yourself out. You can't talk about it. You can't say to yourself, get over it. It's something that's past that. Mostly for me, it was column number one, circumstances. I'd get discouraged over some big car breakdown that wasn't planned, or I'd feel mopey over a friend moving. I'd get depressed when things weren't going right with the kids, or I was having a bad mom day. Once in a while, I'd become depressed in the winter, and as I've gotten older, I really dread January living in Minnesota-ish. Although I have never experienced column number three, I have had friends and relatives walk through the dark days of depression. I've listened and I've learned. I remember a time in my life where I felt headed from column one right past column two to column three. I tried everything in my power to stay in column one. I entered the process of going through my divorce. Dark days enveloped me and circumstances were overwhelming. I didn't have enough of me to help my children much, and they plummeted all into column three quickly. I fought hard to stay above water, but quite often there's nothing you can do. After sitting in front of a counselor, I remember he said there are things that can help you slow down your emotions. Get plenty of rest, drink lots of water, eat three times a day healthy foods, avoid sugar, except you need to eat dark chocolate. I liked that one. It provides serotonin to the brain, an important chemical in our system that relays happiness to our mind. Well, today I want to welcome my friend Chrissy Pease to the show. Chrissy's Director of Women's Ministries for the Northwest Conference of the Evangelical Covenant Church and is mom of three kids. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thanks for inviting me, Kathy. I'm so excited. This is a tough topic, Christy, and if there's anybody in the world that I trust to be able to encourage our listeners, it's going to be you because I know that you've experienced and struggled with depression throughout your life. How did you finally discover it wasn't something? I've been calling it column one, the circumstantial, and column two, 
um, you know, being short of vitamin D and living in dark Minnesota days. And then column three, really dealing with that chemical imbalance. How did you figure out that you just weren't going to be able to get out of that by praying and reading scripture and telling yourself you're doing great? Well, I would believe what I would say is that I have always known in my mind that depression is not something that God has used to zap me or judge me. Um, It's still a challenge because I tend toward being a perfectionist and with the information that's available out in, um, in the world and then even some of the things that are said in church and even the misinterpretation of some Bible passage, passages, I definitely have always struggled with this idea that in some way it was my fault or at least I could have been doing better. And I would say that in, I don't know, maybe the past four to five years, with the help of the understanding of my husband and trusted counselors, I've really started to recognize that it's not something that I can pray myself out of, that I can't just um, can't just fix this because there are, as you're mentioning, multiple components that impact depression. Right. And I think a lot of people um, are aware more and more these days that Depression is something that really does hit people, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, in a certain demographics or a certain um, financial economy. I mean, it, it's really anybody can be suffering from depression, and I know that there's been a lot of people throughout life who figure it's so embarrassing, but we just have to step up to it because it's part of, you know, the society today and an illness that we are struggling with. And it's so important to be able to treat it. How did your depression manifest itself at the beginning? And have you had periods where you were able to actually get through that darkness, that overwhelming blanket and see life um, and light? I mean, have, have you been able to receive help? Thankfully, and praise God, yes. I um, vividly remember the first time that I ever had an episode of depression was one day in high school, and then it went away. I really have not, I would not say that um, my growing up years, I was a depressive person. I'm a very thoughtful person and um, tend toward being an introvert, and um, although I really love to be with people too, but um, never really would have categorized myself as depressed in general. But when I was a sophomore in college, um, things changed. It was very, um, it was a very rigorous academic environment. I had some relational challenges going on, and that was way back in 1992. That's when my depression really surfaced in earnest, and I would have what I now know were major depressive episodes where I would feel really under it, like I was kind of going through mud many days at a time and sometimes even for months at a time. Um, But I did not understand that that was what was happening um, until 2001, almost 10 years later. I was a very high-functioning depressive person. I graduated with honors from college, I got married, I held jobs, and never had any challenges really um, with faking it, is what I think I could say the best. Um, 
And it was when my second child was born and I had a two-year-old that I finally just recognized that I couldn't fake it anymore when I was needing to interact with my children. It felt different than being able to put on a nice face for adults. And at that point, I sought help. So I would say I I always had periods of light and darkness and never, never once stayed in bed all day, um, just got myself up and did what needed to be done. But um, it really was 10 years before I even had an idea that I was struck struggling with major depression. And I know that, you know, people tend to get really, really hard on themselves when they start thinking, oh, no, you know, I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I can't go to the doctor. I can't figure this out. I've just got to give myself a pep talk. And I think we even can look in scripture at Psalms. I mean, we know so many of the Psalms were written by King David, and so many of them were him lamenting and feeling depressed and discouraged and God, come and get me out of this miry pit. So we know that it's just very human to feel badly, but, you know, to be able to get yourself out and say into the light, I need help. I can't fix this problem, I think is so incredibly important. So did you actually get into a place where you were able to get medication to talk through some things? I mean, what started helping you, you know, to be able to see this? Right. Well, when I began, as I mentioned, I um, I had just had a new little little one, and I tend to like to do things naturally. So I was not really, I wasn't interested in giving up breastfeeding. So in the beginning, for me, medication was not something that I had sought. It really brought me a lot of help um, to find out, to identify that there actually was a label for what I had been experiencing and just thinking, oh, well, something weird is just going on. And so even just having the time to work with a therapist um, and do talk therapy really helped significantly for me. Um, However, I would go um, in and out of really challenging times that I would um, just feel not myself, and that would last for months at a time. And so I actually did first try medication after my third son was born and after he was weaned uh, in 2008. At that point, I worked with a psychiatrist and um, was helped at choosing a type of medication that uh, she thought would be good for me. And really did not find a lot of help from that. I know that many people do find medication to be helpful, but over time I really recognized um, that that was not really the only thing that was going on. There are so many things that contribute. Stress level, um, you need to have proper food and nutrition, you need to have proper rest. And I was doing all of those things and thought, well, I might as well try the medication. Tell me what you think about the fact that sometimes in the Christian world, it's kind of tough and I I think it's getting better. But sometimes you're with people that feel like, wow, you just need to pray your way out of this. You need to have faith. How do you respond to somebody that would say that to you? I would say, I am sorry, but you do not understand all that goes into depression. I would say... If you would like to come alongside me with this challenge in my life and pray for me, I absolutely invite that. But there really are numerous 
studies that show that there is something specific that is going on in our body. As we're thinking about this and just closing up this interview, is there anything that you can leave us with for advice for somebody that's feeling depressed today? Maybe they're not all the way to being clinically depressed, they're just discouraged. Anything that you would want to tell them to watch out for? Well, I would say that at your first inkling that you are having challenges with being depressed, Try to find someone who you trust, whether that's a family member or a friend, and ask them to check in with you regularly. I think that it's easy to try to talk ourselves out of um, how we feel, and we can really start going to a downward spiral. So I would say to really seek help. And if you don't have a family member or a friend, it really is not nearly as stigmatized today as depression used to be. And so I would say talk to your doctor. Listeners, we just want to encourage you today that if you're feeling doomy and gloomy because the day is dark, that's okay. We're, we're pretty much feeling that with you. If yeah. you're feeling <laughs> discouraged because, you know, maybe your husband's lost his job, we totally get that. And if it's something that's deeper, a, a, a feeling depression where you just can't get out of bed where you feel like life isn't worth living, we want to encourage you to be able to call your doctor, get in, get checked out for clinical depression because there is help. And thank you so much, Christy, for being on the show today. We appreciate your insight and your thoughts and your experience. You are very welcome and thank you for addressing this important issue. Friends, depression is such a difficult place to be, whether it's discouraged or in full-blown clinical depression. Friends, another wonderful worship artist is here with me in the studio today to talk about our new CD, Floodplains. Minnesota's favorite hometown worship artist, Sarah Groves. Sarah's been nominated for seven Dove Awards and has produced many successful CDs that I love with incredible songs that have meaningful lyrics. And joining us in the studio to talk about her latest project, Floodplain, welcome Sarah Groves. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. I'm so happy you're with me, Sarah. This new project, Floodplain, has been described as deeply personal. And I love that about how you write, Sarah, because you always just write such deep lyrics. Tell us about the premise for this latest project. Well, the um, I uh, I was definitely struggling with some inertia, um, uh, depression, anxiety. I have had a a battle with those things for the last several years. I guess that that has intensified for me. And as a person of faith, you know, you um, you just have a lot of questions when you're going through something like that. And I realized that I was getting a lot of, um, you know, really well-meaning advice. But friends were, you know, you need to work out more. You need to um, just, you know, think more positively and things like that. And so I was taking on a lot of, um, on, in addition to just the churn in my body, I was just, I felt responsible for it as well, you know. And um, one day I was running along the Mississippi uh, down it by the floodplain, and I looked down and saw a guy, a homeless man, a tent set up. And, and I just, I know that a lot of the homeless guys I have run into up here uh, in my neighborhood are, um, they have a lot of services for the poor here uh, where we live. So um, there are a lot of just people on the streets. And so I, I, I've i always struggled with the fact that a lot of the homeless people that I know personally are struggling with mental illness. And so I just started kind of talking to God about this guy, whoever this is. I just, 
you know, what do you think of him? Is has he kind of is he you know made his own bed now he has to sleep in it or or do you look at him and wish he would just do better you know get uh, just get up and do something different and and then I realized I was really talking to God about myself you know um, what do you think of me are you disappointed in me are you um, you know that I can't seem to sort of like stop this just churn I just had feelings of conflict uh, overwhelming conflict. Um, with no reason, you know, seemingly no reason. And so I just felt like God, the way He does, so tenderly, you know, He just said, Sarah, some hearts are built on the floodplain. And um, the history of the floodplain in St. Paul is really rich, and a lot of the immigrant communities historically used to build there because it was, you know, the only place where they could build, and it was, uh, their, their houses would flood, you know, once or twice a year. And so I just thought it was such a beautiful metaphor because God knows I love the floodplain. It's not all negative. You know, it's a beautiful place. Uh, it's where I go and talk to Him a lot. I, it's just, you don't even know you're in the city. It's so gorgeous. Uh, and yet it's it's uh, this dangerous kind of, you know, edgy place where um, the waters rise, you know. So I just, I felt like... Um, Really, the record ends up being a lot about empathy for people who we might look at and say, you know, when are you going to get your stuff together? But um, maybe not considering all, you know, a lot of people have extra rocks in their backpack, you know. And um, I just think the people of God, uh, as people of God, uh, empathy and mercy and, you know, these uh, just a generous spirit. I, I want to be generous towards people who are hurting that way. I love the fact that you're writing from this place in your life, because I think what happens with a lot of music for us as listeners is, you know, we hear things, we think that's great. But when you get to the nitty gritty, like what you're talking about, of, of dealing with things that are, um, you know, not that you're doing fabulous, not that everything's perfect, but the real stuff of life, that's what, you know, the average listener can connect with. We can say, wow, she's she experienced it. She gets it. She figured yeah. it out. And now she's got comfort through her music. So I love that. Um, and I also love, you know, the fact that we're in Minnesota, so we know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of all the songs on this project, Sarah, tell me which one do you hold closest to your heart? Is it that song, you know, that you just talked about, or is it a different song? Huh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I think probably one that just... Um, very meaningful to me is the song, the second song on the record called Expedition. The song Expedition is kind of about that idea of just playing, kind of getting back to, you know, right now they, they said the, the number one selling book for Christmas was um, adult coloring books, you know, the grown-up coloring books, which are such a huge thing right now. And I think it's just because we all, uh, we have so many concerns, you know, the, the weight of just grown-up life and of rumors of war and all these things. Um, it adds up, and I think that God invites us into these Sabbaths in places and into, you know, to me, I look at the city, and in the song I talk about the dream of man and the dream of God, and I saw, standing at the floodplain, I saw the city as the dream of man, you know, and it's it's beautiful in its own way. I mean, it's, it's an accomplishment. It's quite, you know, fascinating. I think that song is, is uh, it's fun to sing, <laughs> and it's uh, it has sort of an epic feeling, and I, I think that one's probably my favorite. That's fabulous. I love it as well and can see exactly why it would be your favorite. And And I love that you're being as real as you are with us because everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. And 
when you look at someone who has had these incredible CDs and, and lives in our lives because we listen to your music, um, it's just, you know, I, I know it's hard to say this, but it's comforting, you know, that you're struggling and looking to God because that's an example for all of us. Well, listeners, if yeah. you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sarah Groves, and you can purchase her music at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Groves, G-R-O-V-E-S dot com, or you can find her music at iTunes. Sarah, we are so excited about this new project of yours, Floodplain. Um, tell us just one last idea. What are you going to be doing next? What are you doing now? I, I know, are you traveling to promote it or touring or, or what's happening? Yes, I'm, I'm uh, touring some this year with um, uh, with International Justice Mission. My husband has taken a job with them, and um, that's been a, uh, the really the heart of our advocacy the last 10 years. And so um, we're doing art music justice tour with them, uh, just creating, it's, it's not a justice tunnel, uh, but the night is really around unbelievable stories of redemption that are taking place and, and how um, the the people are doing the work of the saints. You know, they are um, they are meeting uh, meeting people in very dark places and offering hope. And so, uh, it, it is to me just a, the most life giving thing I've ever been a part of. So I'll be doing that quite a bit next year. And then I'm hoping to do a tour of my own. I I have uh, we're in conversations with a couple singer songwriters that you would know, but I won't say who it is okay. yet because right. we're. I'm excited that it might that it might come together, but good. Um, so yes, that's what that's what I'm looking at this year. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and blessings to you and this new fabulous CD, listeners. It's called Floodplains by Sarah Groves. Go out and grab that or download on iTunes. Thanks so much for being with me, Sarah. Thank you, Kathy. And here's that great song, Floodplain, from Sarah's new CD. Some hearts are built on a floodplain Keeping one eye on the sky for rain You work for the ground that gets washed away When you live closer Closer to the life in the ebb and flow Closer to the edge of I don't know Closer to that's the way it goes Some hearts are built on a floodplain Stay closer. Stay. 
Closer to the run and the losing streak And what brings us to our knees Closer to the life and the ebb and flow Closer to the edge if I don't know Closer to Lord, please send a boat Some hearts are built here Listeners, here's Best in Life's friend, Pastor Robin Thomas from Sutherland Larrabee United Methodist Church in Sutherland, Iowa. Let me tell you a short story about someone who, because of their depression, knows the fear of abandonment. The night this happened, a young woman was in the spring of her freshman year of college. People she had trusted betrayed her, hurting her physically and mentally to the point that she knew she was so broken and so unclean that not even God loved her anymore. This night she huddled in the darkest corner of a room, a hunting knife bare against her wrists, waiting for her to pick it up. As she contemplated the blade against her skin, she cried silently and whispered, I'm sorry, God. I just know I'm not worth your trouble anymore. I'm sorry. The silence lengthened as the tears streamed down her face. Fingers shaking. She began to reach for the blade. And the locked door of her dorm room burst open. A male hand wrenched the knife from her hands, bundled her up and took her to a safe place. No, our sister didn't die that night. But as she, as I look back on that night, I realized a great truth I had heard many Sunday mornings and never understood. These words I read are from the Common English Bible and it reads, I won't leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. John 14, 18 through 19. You see, friends, I proclaim with assurance that even though depression steals your joy and threatens your very being, Jesus remains by you. Sometimes he makes his presence known through the opening of a locked door. Sometimes it's a gift of silence instead of a trite phrase. Or maybe it's just a hug when you really need it, but you won't ask for it. Depression doesn't need to win. You're not an orphan, nor are you abandoned. God loves you, and so do I. I'm Pastor Robin Thomas. Whether you are feeling the discouragement of something sad happening or dark winter days, or you've plummeted into the depths of despair, there is hope. God is near, and he loves you more than you'll ever understand. There is hope. Let me pray with you today. Dear Jesus, for the listeners who are out there feeling in the midst of chaos and struggling, bring them hope. For the listeners who are feeling discouraged and disheartened, bring them healing. For the listeners who are trying to balance things out with medication, bring them your comfort. And above all, help us to embrace your love and your care in our hearts and souls and minds and remind us we're never alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Listeners, if you want to catch the full interview with Sarah Groves, log on to bestlifeministries.com 
and you'll find it there. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.